Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Kia ora and welcome to Business Desk Today, the daily podcast bringing you our top stories for the day ahead. It's Tuesday, the 28th of November. I'm your host, Murray Jones. Up first, and Patrick Smelly writes that Having grizzled for weeks that coalition negotiations were taking far too long, politics watchers now face a different challenge, working on what the coalition agreements all add up to. At first blush, the degree of detail was impressive. There are eight pages apiece of detailed bullet points in National's agreement with the Act and New Zealand First Parties, covering a very wide set of policy agreements with considerable but not total overlap. It has also since become clear that the shape of the government's policy agenda cannot be fully appreciated without triangulating those two agreements with National's own 100-day plan of action, its 100-point economic plan, and its fiscal and tax plans. In other words, the National Party's policy is the policy, unless the coalition agreements say otherwise. However, that's six extensive documents to overlay on one another a veritable Rubik's Cube of policy amalgamation. The new government may not have intended it, but this kind of complexity can quickly become a place to hide. Read Patrick's full insightful analysis on the new government on businessdesk.co.nz. Up next, and the new government can expect a flurry of legal action on its planned changes to environmental and planning policy, says Environmental Defence Society Chief Executive Gary Taylor. The government is promising to amend a raft of national planning rules, stop a review of the emissions trading scheme, and make other policy changes, which Taylor said could weaken environmental outcomes. These will all have to be lawful and consistent with other law, Taylor said. A lot of the progress that has been made in the past several administrations, including the last national-led one, looks likely to be lost. He continued, Concessions to the minor parties are heavily weighted towards negative environmental policies, which have been traded off against other priorities. There's not much that's blue-green on offer this term, unfortunately. National's agreement with ACT and NZ First refers to changes to planning instruments, and in particular, to the National Policy Statement for Freshwater Management. ACT's deal says it will replace this NPS to give councils more flexibility in how they meet environmental limits and seek advice on how to exempt councils from NPS as soon as practical. Now, time for a quick ad break. Welcome back, and a date has been set for expat businessman Eric Watson's bankruptcy case to be called. The liquidators of Watson's Cullen Investments have been chasing him for roughly $57.4 million plus interest relating to loans he made to himself from the company. KPMG took control of Watson's Cullen Investments in December 2019, after the Inland Revenue Department won a tax judgment against it ruling the group was liable to pay $51.4 million. Cullen Investments was part of Watson's Cullen Group, a complex structure of entities spanning New Zealand and other jurisdictions, including the British Virgin Islands, the UK and the US. Justice Neil Campbell in February this year accepted liquidators Leon Boker and Luke Norman's summary judgment of $59.9 million against Watson. It took the pair nearly a year to serve documents on him, 
with a High Court judge previously describing the former Warriors and Hanover owner as elusive and obstructive. After the summary judgment, the liquidators signalled if he didn't pay, they would look to launch bankruptcy proceedings against Watson. And our final story today, the future of New Zealand's stock exchange listed Bremworth's plant in Napier remains uncertain. But company executives didn't rule out a rebuild at Monday's annual general meeting. The Napier facility was taken offline by Cyclone Gabrielle in February. The plant supplied 100% of Bremworth's dyed fibre and about 75% of the yarn. Supply was disrupted to the Auckland and Whanganui factories. Work was at times suspended or heavily constrained until alternative supply could be found, commissioned and brought online, Chair George Adams said. It scrambled to find a solution and was able to obtain an export license to ship its New Zealand wood fibre directly from wool buyers Elko around the world for processing. This turned out to be a blessing in disguise. The eventual result was a new international hybrid supply chain that is expected to remove capacity constraints over time and allow us to grow at an accelerated rate, Adams said. Chief Executive Greg Smith said the company is looking to lay the foundation for a new business that is more profitable and sustainable with a lower fixed cost base. This will include a mix of local and offshore supply to lower our overall costs and improve our profit margins. He said it is critical the company increases its supply availability. Currently, we sell almost everything we manufacture. Our supply is often pre-sold, leaving no room for future growth, Smith said. And now to the New Zealand share market. Convita fell more than 11% on an earnings downgrade and the New Zealand share market dropped a half a percent ahead of the Reserve Bank's latest monetary policy statement. The S&P NZX50 index declined 55.42 points or 0.49% to 11,155.79 with a sharp fall in the last hour of trading after reaching an intraday high of 11,218.02. There were 34 gainers and 96 decliners on the main board, with 20.59 million shares worth $81.69 million changing hands. This Friday will be the final episode of Business Desk Today for the year. Stay subscribed as we will be back in the new year with more breaking news and insightful analysis from businessdesk.co.nz. Have a great Tuesday. Thank you.